0: Counselor Accents Podcast, two school counselors who love their jobs. Oh, and they happen to have Southern accents too. Bless their hearts.
1: I'm Laura Rancorne. And I'm Kim Crumley. And together we are. Counselor Take Laura. Accents. And we are just completely honored to have Michael McKnight with us. He works for the New Jersey uh, Department of Education. He is an expert when it comes to, well, he, you say you're not an expert, but from what I've read up on you, you are an expert. Uh, you've worked with special education. You've. It sounds like you've done a lot. You've worked in all different areas of education. We are honored to have you with us. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
0: All right. Thank you very much. Uh, I um, I started out my career as a special ed teacher um, uh, for what the system calls emotionally disturbed adolescents. Um, I taught, um, I called them troubled children and kids, um, but uh, I taught uh, as, a, as a classroom teacher, high school level, um, uh, uh, troubled kids for 14 years. Um, in three different states, Uh, and then I became um, an administrator for a program uh, here in in, uh, southern New Jersey, Atlantic County, um, uh, for uh, um, kids ages 5 to 21 that have been removed from regular schools uh, for behavioral and emotional issues, and I did that um, for a little bit over a decade, and I like to tell people that's when all my hair fell out. Uh, but uh, uh, but certainly uh, they um, they uh, forced my learning uh, uh, and still drive my learning uh, and uh, and uh, that that 25 years with um, uh, with hands-on uh, uh, kids in that in that realm uh, continue to drive my learning. I I also um, get to adjunct at a local university, Stockton University. Uh, and get to teach future teachers now, so that's great uh, to be able to share with them. Um, and uh, and and I work with um, the 13 school districts in Cape May County, uh, uh, and uh, and share a lot of this work that we'll be talking about.
1: That's incredible, wow. and yet you still have time to talk with us. Thank you. Oh, so much. we appreciate
0: it. Uh, and us. I know
2: Just just before we get into some of the questions we had, a thought came to me, and I I just want to unpack this with you. Uh, You were in special ed, and you uh, dealt with students who had emotional disturbances, behavior issues. Mm -hmm. Do you think that um, we've made a lot of changes in how we view these students and how to treat students who have the behavior issues, or do you think we've come Um, far enough alone where we work. I used to be a special ed teacher myself and it was a few years back and uh, I just wonder your thoughts on uh, how we view these children.
0: Uh, I don't think we've come very far at all um, to tell you the truth. Uh, I still think uh, often uh, 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 these young people um, uh, uh, end up in our backup discipline systems uh, more than any other group. I think they're underclassified. Uh, Often school districts don't even classify these kids. They just kind of, kind of treat them as, as those kids that uh, uh, are misbehaved or discipline problems or have bad attitudes. So, so yeah, over, uh, over that, uh, over my career, uh, I think it's, it's one of the, still one of the least accepted ideas. Uh, I think, uh, Uh, the trauma-informed movement uh, may begin to help that a little bit, and I'm certainly hopeful about that.
2: Uh, Laura and I have said on our podcast before what, especially if you've been been in education a while, um, from what I have seen in my experience is when I first started, there were outliers, students who were outliers, and they needed a lot of, you know, help with behavior or, but it just seems like that group has grown and grown and grown until now that that's more of a prevalent number. And do you find that everywhere?
0: I uh, guess <laughs> we do. I think, uh, you know, and it, it's directly related to, to stress um, and, and, and stressed families have stressed children. Um, And and so as the stress uh, on our families uh, uh, continues to get higher and higher, uh, we're seeing kids coming into, into our preschools. Um, New Jersey is one of the leading um, states in, in opening preschools uh, you, um, in, in public schools. Um, we have a lot of uh, three- and four-year-old programs, and, and we're seeing uh, three-year-olds that are, are coming into school completely dysregulated, um, so much so that we actually had to pass a state law that you couldn't suspend preschoolers. Uh, so, so, uh, yes, uh, we're seeing more more kids that are coming to school dysregulated um, and, uh, and, and certainly not ready to sit and learn.
1: I love that quote that I just wrote it down. The stressed families have stressed children. And I think that's so important for us to remember that families look different than they used to. And that's something Kim and I say a lot a lot of times I think that we get into our bubble of maybe how we grew up or what our perception is of what a family has always been. And we forget that there's more stress. Kim, you know, the statistic of the information overload that, that students have, that children have, and just all of that contributes to the stress on the family unit. And I just, that was a great quote.
2: But yet, Laura, I feel like teachers are coming out of college, they're not ready to deal with a classroom. And, and now it's not the one it, it can right. be more than one and they do not know how to manage uh, our, our, you know, and, and even counselors, we're overwhelmed in our system, our mental health workers, we're overwhelmed our, our social workers, you know, I, we don't, I don't know the answer and, and we certainly, uh, looking for any helps that we can get. Uh,
0: you know that, uh, you know, the, um, uh, we're seeing that all over the country actually. So, so don't feel like it's just happening in your world. Um, uh, or, um, uh, I think, um, you know, our, our, our teacher prep re, prep programs have focused almost, uh, exclusively on, you know, can the kids pass these tests to become teachers, but, but they get very, uh, very little, uh, in the, in the way of, uh, anything that will help them walk into a today's classroom, uh, anywhere, really with 25 or 30 kids and, and begin to teach, which, which is really, um, uh, you know the the hardest part of teaching, um, I think, is is how do you manage kids? How do you set that uh, classroom up? And yet, um, you know, uh, and and we see the results of that. Many people leave our profession. Uh, I've heard it called the the profession that eats its young. Uh, oh, right. More more young teachers leave our profession now more than ever, and and I think it's directly related to, to what we're talking about.
1: Absolutely. That really is. Kim and I say a lot of times when we have these conversations, our mind just starts going in a thousand different directions. And that's what you have done for me just now. And I love it. But I mean, it's like, I'm thinking about how as counselors, we take care of the students, but it's almost like we need to think also about educating educators and preparing them (coughs) for what, Mm -hmm. what they may see. Uh, because I think we get this concept in our head, like I said a second ago, of a perfect classroom with 20 students who are eager to learn, and that's just not the reality.
0: Absolutely. Um, a lot of my work, along with my, my friend and, and, uh, and, and co-author and, 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 uh, and great buddy, we do a lot of trainings together, uh, we always start, start with adults, the teachers. Um, because it, uh, you have to be regulated. A dysregulated adult cannot regulate a kid. Um, so how do you begin to regulate your staff? Um, how, do you, how do you create an environment that's regulating in schools for the staff um, so that they're not dysregulated? along with the kids.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, and, and so so it it's it's uh it's it's much more than just here's what you do to the kids. Mm-hmm. It's really about how do how do we prepare ourselves to walk in stressful rev- environments and and begin to be able to teach a group of kids um that carry in all kinds of difficulties. Uh, so anything that counselors can do to can support teachers in that in that work. Um, you know, because even I, I, I think teachers always stop in and see you guys uh, right. after school, before school. Uh, you know, and I, I think it's you're a great source and always have been of of kind of, hey, let me go just chit chat here and 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 kind of get a sense of how I'm doing. Um, uh, and and uh, that's what uh, your role is is way past just the kids.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's true. Um, I know even working with high school teachers, because they're dealing with, with um, kids who are often larger than they are. Uh-huh. And, and I've had several conversations with teachers. As I'm telling you, do not trigger this student. Do not engage. And, and if, if we don't lose that old mindset of you are going to mind me, I'm telling you what to do and you're going to do it because some of these kids, they will go down with the ship, but you'll go down with them, you know, and uh, to, to uh, when they're smaller, we can, we can grab, you know, we can, we can help them, Pick and them up
0: anyway. Yeah. Kind of move them, but not when they're bigger.
2: <laughs> no, no. And uh, it can get, I, I think though, from what I've seen with this SEL, uh, movement. And I think the trainings that I'm starting to see in schools, maybe, as you said, uh, we're starting to head in a, in a direction that may, because it's just so prevalent now. So anyway, uh, Laura, we had some questions that we really, really need some help with.
1: Yes. And I am loving this conversation and, and what you're, telling us um, so we may get back to this too. But let's talk about, you talked about um, teachers who are coming right out of school and let's talk about that. Can you explain the whole um, ACES program and what an ACES score would be to a new educator who has never heard of it before?
0: And, and most still haven't, um, you know, and even even here in New Jersey anyway, um, I mean, it's certainly gotten around in the last three or four years, but prior to that, no, not too many of us had heard about it at all. Um, my background led me to that a while ago, but uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll explain a little bit about the history of ACEs, uh, and it goes way back, believe it or not, to 1985, um, with uh, Dr. Vincent uh, Filetti, who was studying actually obesity uh, and somehow bop, uh, bumped into a, another doctor, Robert Anda, who at the time was studying the connection between depression and heart disease um and these two doctors got got together and and you know it's interesting cuz i uh uh in 1985 uh, uh to find each other wasn't as easy as it is today
2: right. uh, without
0: any internet or you know you just you know you found each other through reading articles uh so it kind of very different world today uh but together those guys decided to conduct a study um investigating the connection of what happens to people in their lives to later later health and life outcomes. Um, uh, So the conversation started then. Um, That study uh, was not done until the original ACES study was done in 1995 um, at Kaiser Permiente in San Diego. And the original study uh, included over 17,000 people, mostly middle-class people, uh, in the study, and they were followed for 15 years, um, and, and, uh, and, uh, and the original ACEs questionnaire um, uh, included 10 questions. Um, newer studies have expanded past 10 questions, but the original 10 questions really asked people yes or no questions on these 10 areas. Um, uh, one, uh, yes or no, uh, uh, any hi- uh, any history before the age of 18 with sexual abuse. Uh, any history with verbal abuse. Uh, the third ace was physical abuse. Uh, the fourth ace was, did you have a family member with a mental illness? Uh, the fifth ace, uh, did you have a family member struggling with drugs or alcohol? Um, The sixth uh, ace, uh, a mother who was a a domestic violence survivor. Was that part of your background? Um, um, Or a family member uh, who had been incarcerated was the seventh ace. Uh, The eighth, um, a loss of a parent from from a divorce or abandonment um, was an ace. Uh, The ninth, emotional neglect. And the tenth, physical neglect. Um, So there are 10 aces uh, in the original study. It was the first time researchers had looked at the effects of several types of trauma at the same time. They had been studying prior to that individual things, but this was their attempt to really see uh, a congl- like a, an integration of various traumas in kids' lives um, and how many people had. Um, and uh, the the participants in that original study uh, uh, were middle middle class, as I had said, and the average age was fifty seven years old. So that's kind of the the original group. Uh, the findings uh, uh, were were shocking to the doctors. Uh, childhood trauma uh, they found was extremely common. Uh, there was a direct link uh, between. Uh, the, the ACEs uh, which measure trauma uh, and adult onset of chronic disease um, as well as depression, uh, suicide, uh, being violent, uh, or being victims of violence. Um, the, the more ACEs uh, that the person had, um, one of those it was counted as an ACE, the more social emotional problems those folks had later in their lives. Um the study found people usually experience more than just one ace. They come in clusters. Um, so if you have one, you're more likely to have more than one. Um, and um, in the original study, uh, two-thirds of the people had one ace, and out of that first two-thirds, 87% of them had more than one. So they cluster together. Um, and as ACEs go up, risk in many areas increase. Uh, for instance, um, uh, people with four or more ACEs are 14 times um, more likely to commit have a suicide attempt. So four or more ACEs uh, uh, increases that by 14 times. Um, people um, uh, with four or more ACEs are more likely to engage in, in um and and have sex before the age of 15, they found. Uh, So early risk uh, for that, uh, 4.5 times more likely to develop depression, four or more ACEs. And and they even found that people with six or more ACEs um, died 20 years earlier than someone with no ACEs. So, so those adversities, which are what ACEs are, uh, really uh, affect not just the, the, uh, the physical body, uh, but affect the whole body. And we know that more and more now. Uh, and that's kind of uh, uh, been, been uh, where it's going. Uh, there is a great uh, one-hour documentary that I show to everybody I can um, every teacher in our county has almost has, has seen this documentary. It's called uh, "Resilience: The Biology of Stress and the Science of Hope." It is a great introduction uh, to teachers, educators. I show you know when we when I say uh, teachers, I mean everybody in the school. Secretaries, bus drivers, uh, uh, custodians all really need um, this basic information and it's a great way to, you know, put everybody in one place and introduce it in a school. Um, And I give out the ACES survey uh, uh, afterwards um, and we talk about some of the findings. And we talk a little bit uh, you know, we don't give the ACEs survey out to kids in the school. That's a no-no. It's an adult instrument. Um, But we can certainly talk with small groups of teachers about what they know or you know, a little bit about a kid's background. Um, And you quickly see that, that what schools are struggling with, their behavioral problem kids, are carrying in tons of adversity. Uh, these are kids in pain, so we reframe behavioral problems as as pain-based behaviors, behaviors by kids in pain, and that you know that's how you kind of start, or we think you can begin to connect the dots there um, between Aces um, stress uh, and and behavior in kids. So this
2: is not an instrument. For ch- children at all?
0: No, and 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 because everybody has jumped on it, I've seen some schools actually, you know, ask kids about their. No, this is not a kid instrument. Um, it is. It is really. It doesn't even really matter which aces a person has. Um, if you look at your lives and what we know about most of our kids over time. Um, Ah, uh, we can guesstimate um, what number of Aces they have. Uh, we don't have to be exact, but it kind of links the idea of, yikes! You know, our toughest kids are coming from very tough environments. Um, so yeah, it's not a kid instrument. It's it's uh, it's something. It's a lens you can look at as you're looking into the lives of your of the kids you're working with, particularly your hardest kids.
2: Um. In thinking about this, uh, Laura and I, and it, my, my, I'm like you, Laura, my mind's going all different directions, and I wanna go back to the questions of the ACEs, but before we move off this not being a kid, uh, this is not a test for, designed for students. Uh, Laura and I both, and a lot of school counselors, use minute meetings, or where we will meet with every single child or either survey children, um, and not necessarily with these particular questions, but it might be a survey to determine those students who may, you know, uh, be going through a parental, you know, parents are going through a divorce or parent is incarcerated or are or, um, different questions that just kind of allow us to see where we may need to focus more of our attentions or develop small groups. Is that similar, and and do you feel like it's okay to do it that way, or what are your thoughts on on that? You know,
0: I think I think it depends. Is my thought, you know, what kind of relationship you have with those kids. Um, certainly, keeping anything you hear uh, confidential. Um, You know, those kind of things, because uh, really what we're talking about with ACEs is, is toxic levels of stress. And, 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 um, and, and, you know, I mean, these 10 aren't the end all in stress and families, right? I mean, it, it just was a snapshot really of, of what, what stress could be. Um, so it really doesn't matter. We kind of see, uh, we can get a good sense of, of, of what's going on in the lives of kids by watching kids. Um, and we get to know their families. Um, we get to see them. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. It's a. You know. We get to kind of visit with them. So you can kind of pick up that information. Uh, without directly needing to ask a kid. Now, if a kid self-discloses or something like that, that's fine uh, you know, in, in counseling, but, um, but often um, you know, these kids, and remember when you were a kid, you thought what you were, had, everybody had. So this isn't not, I mean, these are normal circumstances for everybody is whatever your family is, right? Um, so, you know, they're, you don't want to shake up a little kid's worldview uh, in any way with, with. Uh, uh, so so as we train our staff, we're real careful about that uh, with, you know, we've got a good sense. Look at how this kid can't sit still, right? Or can't pay attention. Uh, we'll see three pretty good outcomes behaviorally in these kids. See if you agree with me. Um, uh, first kids will react to stress by becoming externalizers. They externalize all their, all their energy. Uh, usually these kids can be bullies. These kids can be hostile to adults. These kids certainly are, are hostile to other kids, but they're also powerful kids. Uh, we call those kids externalizers. They take their stress response and, and externalize it. Um, uh, other kids take those stress responses and internalize it. Uh, that's where you see the depression. You can see cutting. You can see self-injury. Uh, these kids kind of blame themselves for their, the stress in their lives. And, and In New Jersey, we're seeing kids that are cutting it in fourth grade. Um, so, so, you know, we're seeing that stress response. It goes out or it goes in. Um, and then the last kid um, we call uh, uh, kids that all these kids, by the way, are in a persistent state of alarm. They're all, um, they, um, the, all these kids are, are that, it looks like ADHD in many kids. Um, and often uh, we overdiagnose ADHD kids. Um, and these kids don't have ADHD, they're coming out of, uh, out of toxic levels of stress, either in their homes or their communities.
1: I am or taking both. notes like crazy. I know, I'm, I'm writing notes like crazy too. Um, so it's,
0: it's, um, it's the stress we really want to get through to teachers, um, because the brain learns best in a state of relaxed alertness. So what we talk about is how do we as teachers um, begin to get kids in that state, okay? Um, So that's kind of a lot of what um, in our second book that Lori and I wrote, Eyes Are Never Quiet. The whole back of that book is filled with activities that teachers can do um, that are fun. uh, And it's not cognitive, it's movement, it's breath. Um, and it's fun activities. Um, uh, so, so that, uh, and to, and the idea is to relax the entire nervous system and provide a sense of safety for kids.
1: Well, I know where I'm going right after this and that is to order <laughs> the book. <laughs> and, and Laura, when would we ever need that
2: tool more than more. now? Exactly. Yeah. Because, um, think about, this the state of stress that we're all under right yep. amazing amount even when we think we're not right I think everybody's going to come back with some sense of trauma and this could be an amazing tool to get students ready to learn because we've got to get past that even the uh, you know even the superintendent said mentioned the getting this taking care of the social emotional aspect of our mm-hmm. students uh, so it's on, it's on everybody's mind and, and what, you know, we want them to return to as much normalcy. We want them to learn. So these activities I can see to get students really in a, a relaxed, alert state, ready to learn. I love that. Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't know if you guys have even seen, um, some sensory paths built on uh-huh. hallway floors. Um, you know, those are fun to do. I, I still like doing those when okay. I see them. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, how do we? What we see is is rather than give teachers more lessons to prepare and deliver, we see these as being able to be integrated into their procedures and practices into their routines um, so you know um, how, how do we do that and and we see teachers as weathermen i've got two major jobs i've got to calm kids down and i've got to wake them up right um, so you guys want to do a wake up activity with me now
1: of course, of course. all right
2: all right
0: <laughs> I would like you to make a peace sign in one hand and an okay sign in the other. Um, Now, when I say go, I want you to switch back and forth as fast as you can. Ready, set, go.
1: I'm afraid I'm going to do something inappropriate. (laughs)
0: <laughs> now, I I've been known to do that too. And that's okay. Kids will laugh at you. But this does a couple things. Not only do we do these activities, we teach kids about their brains at different levels. Um, so they're learning how the brain develops from the bottom to the top. The top part of the brain develops last. It is not fully developed until around age 25 to 30. So none of us in, in preschool to 12 are teaching a finished brain. Um, so brain intervals, which we just did, are designed to wake up the brain. And what we do is practice them. If you do these for a few days in a row, you will get faster and faster and faster at it. And you're actually rewiring your brain. Um, and, wow. and that that's the connection to it so it's it's not just doing fun activities it's it's got a a, this is why this is what's happening and if you want to get better at something you got to do it a lot so so there's a lot of those kind of connections that are great for teachers and you don't have to be a brain expert i'm not a neuroscientist by any stretch Uh, but 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 it's fun learning about it Right. And most of social emotional learning. And I love it is still in schools done up here. We want to work lower down here and, you know, to lower, you know, we teach about uh, the amygdala, um, We you know, the amygdala, your amygdala. We teach them it's up right here. We make them put their hands there. It's like um, it's like your smoke detector. It's your fight flight reflex. Um, It's designed to protect you. Your most troubled kids, though, their amygdalas are in a persistent state of alarm. That's why they're so easily set off. You know, you get kids that, hey, what happened? Another kid looked at them funny or or brushed into them, God forbid. Those are the kids that they're not bad kids. They have a, a, a system, though. That is is in that alarm state, and and anything that happens, they overreact to.
1: Yeah, it's like you described my working relationship with Kim. I brush into her, she goes nuts. Just
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: Stay
2: away from me. That's exactly what I was describing with with some of these uh, when they when these children get bigger than we are as teachers, oh, yeah? these teachers will not understand. It's not about you. It's about their or fight and they are going to take you down uh, in my mind I'm just soaking this in I, because I'm, I'm rethinking Laura some of the things that we have been doing right we look at I, I've I've often said don't open a Pandora's box because sometimes I think we go looking as counselors delving into students. And as you said, sometimes they're, they don't perceive an issue. And sometimes we make an issue. Right. And I think going back, we have to be very careful that we are tending to needs, but we're not creating needs. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? And do you guys agree?
0: I certainly agree. Um, you know, because many things, even if we open that box, we can't fix you know, and, and, and let's be real. I mean, there's kids in America that are living in not great situations. And, and, and even if they reveal most of them to us, uh, we can't fix that. Um, You know, uh, what we need to do and the resiliency research is really clear and hopeful with these kids. Um, And it boils down to connection. Uh, It boils down to one adult connection over time they're not fixing anything, they're, they're supporting that kid over time, uh, literally changes the direction of, of these kids' lives. The resiliency research is extremely powerful. There's over 40 years of it now, um, and, and that's the, that's the finding. Um, so think about this. If, if we could hand off our most troubled kids more intentionally between teachers, Uh, Rather than say, oh, you're going to get Joey next year. Wait, wait till you see him. We're doing this in a much different way. OK, we've we've recognized him. Lori and I even call it dosing. All kids need doses of, of connection from teachers. It's really about connection and love. Really, we don't use the word, but that's what dosing is. How do I connect with you? How do I make a relationship with you? Our most troubled kids need more doses. They need more connections with, with adults. They need to be passed off well from elementary school to middle school to high school. And we don't do that well at all uh, in any, any schools. So those are the things we're trying to, to, to turn around. Um, can we see uh, schools as a place to really support these kids? Um, learn how to um, uh, regulate their nervous system. We see discipline as regulation. And we teach teachers and others, how do you co-regulate an upset child? You don't yell at them. (laughs) That just upsets them more. So that co-regulation shifts discipline in a very different way we're regulating the nervous system, we're not punishing kids, which really ends up dysregulating them and disconnecting them more. There's a favorite saying I have, it goes something like this, punishment works best with kids that need it the least, and it works the least best with kids that need it the most. It's backwards so and, and, and we, we see it every day in our in our schools um, so you know uh, that's kind of we want to identify those kids we want to dig into your discipline data and really take a look at who are those repeat offenders uh, that are all and, and you know we all got them those are the kids we're talking about. We don't need an A score on them. Guaranteed they're coming out of those places. Right. Right.
2: I think of fear for counselors, and, and I guess it's, it's um, I've done K through 12. And, and mm-hmm. what about the, I think always, and Laura knows this, I think because of past, issues of things that have come up but what about those students that might be internalizing Mm -hmm. but we don't know i am always afraid that there's that student i have no idea Mm -hmm. that they're this close to you know harming themselves or and we're not picking up on it uh do you have any thoughts on on those students that do internalize but we you know how if there's if we're not getting a score on those students or And we're not seeing it at school. Do you have any thoughts or suggestions on that?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Nothing perfect, though. And and just another statistic, Uh, if you guys haven't um, uh, Googled into the Children's Defense Fund, do check out that work um, by, uh, Marian Wright Elgerman. Um, and, and, um, she's got some great, uh, statistics on a lot of stuff that I share with teachers too. Um, her latest data is that every day in the United States of America, um, uh, eight children or teens die by suicide. Um, that's every day, um, daily in America. Um, so, you know, a lot of times, uh, what we're, we're also trying to build with a culture of safety. It's not just safety toward uh, adults, toward kids and kids for adults, but kids with kids. Um, and, and how do you create um, peer helping groups um, that support each other, because often uh, what what here what we've seen here is 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 sometimes or uh, we'll hear those messages from other students, not the student themselves, that are worried about their friend, and with those kind of relationships, that's what we really want, that net of support that we can weave that includes the kids. Um, you know, and, and talking about, you know, what to share and what, you know, what not to share. And, and as you guys are doing counseling groups, I don't think that's a bad message to put out to kids is if your friend is in trouble, please let us know. Cause we'll help them.
2: You're right. Especially as these kids get older, they mm-hmm. don't come to us as, as in, in a lot of what we see in middle school and high school and my experience has come from other students. Yeah. So you're right. And it, might, and it might be a call at night. You know, it could yeah. be a message sent to us in the middle of the night, hey, I'm worried about. But you're absolutely right. It, it's oftentimes not coming from the student themselves. But I think that's important for us to remember, Laura, as counselors. We've got to keep getting that message to students. If you hear something, say something. If you know yeah. something, say something.
0: Yeah, it's really, I think, um, really important. And as you said, yeah, absolutely, as they get older. Um, you know, cause they're, they're going to hear about that stuff. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, 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 that, you know, I really, you know, we're looking at, you know, that soil of, of, of what my school soil is like and for everybody. So the other thing, um. Uh, we're, we're doing, um, three day resiliency team trainings here in New Jersey with school teams. Lori and I do them. uh, are turnkey trainings. Um, so the school sends us a team, uh, they learn a bunch of stuff and our goal is to have them go back to their schools and, and spread it. Um, so that's fun to do. Um, we, we won't do a team without a school administrator on it, um, and we also ask the schools to do climate and culture surveys. Um, so we're asking kids, we're asking teachers, we're asking parents how they feel about their school. And again, we're looking for school connectedness. Um, so that, and you can, with connectedness comes safety, right? So, so we really wanna ask um, our constituents, How do they feel about this place they're spending this, this much time in? Uh, And that data um, we're using as a baseline and and then trying to to change some of the culture and practices along with looking at the, at the discipline data, the kick, kick out of classes, the, uh, the suspension rate in school, out of school, how many times are kids being sent to the office? uh, Who are they? Uh, and, and, quickly, and we can get a team around that really easily and go, oh yeah, you know, I, I know this kid we had his brother and he came from the same kind of mess. So, uh, so it's interesting, uh, along the lines of what you were saying earlier, the other person I wanted to, to mention, um, was, um, uh, was Dr. Wendy Alice. Um, Dr. Wendy Ellis um, has done some work around the pair of ACEs where she combines um, not only the 10 ACEs uh, but adverse community environments too. Um, You know, uh, places of high poverty, for instance, housing instability, food insecurity also adds to the stress of families. And just recently, uh, Wendy has added COVID-19 uh, to the to the pair of aces um, because we know that though that that uh, it's affected everybody, but it has certainly affected our minority communities much more, uh, and our communities of poverty much more than some of our other communities uh, so that also so she's worth googling too I love her work um, she's working um, uh, in, in whole community change uh, which has been fun
1: I have a question that may be a little bit selfish um, That's okay. I am going to be moving to a different school and I'm hearing you talk about this and I'm wondering what your advice would be to a counselor going into a new school or a brand new counselor coming in. How can, what would your advice be on being proactive, um, to learn about these situations without doing a whole lot of digging? What would you or not, not? And when I say digging, I mean like, you know, like what Kim was talking about, opening Pandora's box, that doesn't need to be opened by right. the student. So, so what would you recommend for a new counselor
0: I would uh, you know that's a great question actually I I would recommend uh, getting to know your administrators very well Um, you know what do they what do they think about their schools what do they think about you know discipline are they traditionalists are they more uh, where are they on that spectrum Um, just do a like a snapshot I would hang out in the teacher teacher's lounge uh, and listen to how they talk about kids, which kids they kind of talk about. Get a sense of this: of, uh, does the school know anything about ACEs? Um, you know, where are they um, you know, with their, with their uh, uh, thinking about ACEs trauma? What are they currently doing? You know, and you'll get a feel, I'm sure you already have, or you probably wouldn't have went, uh, for what the school is like too. And, and uh, you know, we're always, when I walk into schools, uh, you can get a feel, and every school is unique, isn't it? It's just uh, amazing, but you get a feel. The feel I'm looking for um, is, is uh, a sense of belonging, that sense of belonging for everybody. Does everybody seem uh, to, to feel uh, relaxed in this place? Does everybody know each other's names? Um, to P, are people friendly uh, those kind of things really kind of give you an idea of where, where you are uh, and then this work is slow I mean it can't change all this stuff overnight um, it starts with just awareness um, that's why you know I, I recommend that film again it's, uh, it's an hour long but it kind of depending on what your demographic is like in your school um, it kind of can click. Um, as I look at, <clears throat> at the demographic in your state, um, you know, you're, you've got in Alabama, one out of every four ki- five kids in your state are poor. Um, that goes up drastically to 41% of your black kids. And the latest I've seen, 38% of your Hispanic kids. But I don't know what your individual school demographics are. I look at free and reduced lunch counts, as far as you know, stress levels in schools. I don't know, you know, that's not that's a good indicator of a, of from a far away place without going to visit of of stress in families. Um, you know, you guys have um, have a uh, 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 you know numbers listed that are pretty high uh, in your state uh, last uh, as of 2020. The fact sheet I've gotten. Uh, you know, over 12,000 kids are uh, uh, found to be abused and neglected. Um, who are your kids from foster care? I don't know if you have those kids in your in your in your schools, but those kids always now are carrying. You know, don't even have to look. They they carry toxic stress. Um, you know, so I you know I think um, you know that would be giving you a nice sense of where you landed, Laura.
2: Great advice, advice. and so many as we like to say, rubber meets the road ideas. And before I I want to list some of those, Lori, at the you know, some of the film and some of his books and those kinds of things at the end because there's a lot of things that we can start digging in and start actually doing. These are ideas that we can actually start doing.
0: So, do Um, you guys, uh, the other question I have for you guys do you have school resource officers?
2: We do.
0: We do. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this has reached Alabama. We st- um, I started to do some work with police completely by accident. I grew up in Philadelphia and I was always a, uh, very afraid of the police in Philadelphia growing up uh, for probably good reason. Uh, but uh, uh, I am um, uh, a police chief and a, a local police chief came and, and saw a, a presentation on ACES. Um, and um, long story short, um, we've started a program here in, in our whole county. It's called Handle with Care. And what it is, is it's a simple program. If, if the police are called to any student's house that evening, regardless of why, um, and there's kids in the house, Um, the school gets a notice from the police department that, uh, and all it says is handle with care in the kid's name. It doesn't say what happened. It doesn't say why it happened, no information, but it just gives the school a heads up that something might've happened. Uh, It usually goes to the principal and the principal usually, at least, talks to the teacher and say, "Hey, if you notice anything different, uh, just you know, step back a little bit, give this kid some space. No prying or asking him what happened or her what happened." But it, it's been uh, we were literally shocked at the numbers of of visits um, and and school notices that the school got. Um, and, uh, and, and it really, uh, was a nice connection. It often then goes from the principal to you guys to counselors. Um, if that kid does need some, somebody to talk to through his behavior, Yeah, you know, again, we don't pry into what happened, uh, but to just to try to give that kid some support, um, uh, during, um, uh, during the day. Uh, So that's another pretty simple kind of thing, dead accident. Uh, The Handle with Care program, actually, uh, the chief of police found it out of West Virginia, Uh, but uh, police. But but we're trying to do that net, that weaving net uh, in communities for all our kids.
2: What a great collaboration, and, yeah. and so simple, and, yeah. um, and and what a great impact that that would make. Um, we have a podcast coming up later um, with uh, SRO, and he they they kind of handle situations. Sure, I don't, sure. You know, I know it, I don't know exactly, but that is a wonderful, wonderful idea. Well, um, it takes
1: all pieces of the puzzle. If the school resource officer has that piece of the puzzle about who they visited the night before. We certainly need that in the school and we have information that they need. And so mm-hmm. it really just takes all of us. You, you mentioned the resilience documentary that you recommend that secretaries see it and oh, yeah. uh, custodians because we all see parts of a student's life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when we're all working together, we just, we complete the puzzle. So that's yep. such great advice. I know we have kept you a long time,
2: and, and so I, I, I will wrap up, but I, I do wanna ask you about uh, a lot of the stress that we adults have, I'm sure, you know, we pass that on, as you said, to our students. Do you recommend like the ACES doing something, a program with your t- teachers and helping them explore maybe the trauma they've had in their lives that we may be passing on? I mean, how do you use this? Or have you with educators uh, going uh, through the serve? I circuit. have
0: actually um, passed out the Aces screen at, uh with educators after that film. Um, I certainly we certainly don't talk about it publicly, um, but but we let them know that the uh, the film does a great job of letting them know the, how common um, Aces are, um, and uh, and and it also does a nice job of what what the antidote is, which is connection and relationship. Um, so you could have a lot of ACEs, but, but if you have those connections, now every once in a while, we'll get somebody that wants to share and I'll, in, in that group setting, but, but I don't process it like that. I just kind of leave it pretty private, um, but often adults will speak up um, and, and, and say, wow, you know, oh, you know, it starts even connecting dots for them, themselves. You know, is this uh, something
2: that we could do I mean is this something that we could show this film with our faculty or our listeners or, or, or would we need more training and then give this survey? No, you
0: know, I, I think I think one I, I would certainly uh, uh, watch it first so you know you guys know your staff, you know your audience better than I do uh, but uh, I've even showed it to in, in public viewings to people, you know, to adults that I don't even know. Uh, we had a, a, a local movie theater uh, offered for us to share it. Um, and, and we shared it in a, in a movie theater and people came, kind of set it up a little bit um, for people that have never heard of anything. But the documentary, you'll see Dr. Nadine Burke Harris, you'll see the, the two originators of the study, where it came from. And then you'll even see a school. Uh, that is where an elementary school that is working through it and uh, some of what they're doing. It's, uh, it, it's uh, just the easiest way to begin to get this information out there in a safe way. Um, and even if you just share the ACEs survey, you don't have to process it with anybody um, at all. Uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty uh, 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 safe with going anywhere with people, they'll come see you. Uh, afterwards. You guys know that.
2: Yeah, we get we do get a lot of that. We yeah. do we do get a lot of that. And that's okay. You know, because yeah, ultimately great. it helps the students. If we can help the teachers, then ultimately that helps the students because uh, it does it does trickle down to the Yeah. Students. The
0: other biggie with the shift though is is you know, and often schools think in black and white ways. So, you know, this isn't about dismantling our discipline policies right away right? I mean, this isn't an overnight change. Um, You know, it's not also, it's not about, oh, that poor child, let them do whatever they want because I feel bad, you know? So we've got to protect that too. These kids really need structure, predictability, routine, and consistency. Um, that's not like, oh, I, I feel bad for you. You don't have right. to do anything. So that's a caution too. Um, when we get into, oh, wow, we've got this. They're going to want to know, what do we do? Uh, well, you know, we really still handle these children. We learn to regulate them and our consequences. We take a look at, I mean, you, you dirty something, you clean it up eventually. I mean, we don't have to, uh, uh, you know, we can connect some of the things that we do uh, without making a kid feel bad on top of
2: it. I feel like we have just scratched the surface, and there is so much more here. Who so
1: knew he was such a treasure trove of information? How did you guys find me I anyway? Knew. I knew. You didn't know. <laughs> I know. I um, know. These things.
2: Uh, tell us the name of your books again, and uh, I'm going. We're going to order them today because I feel like there's some things that we can start using immediately when we go back to school with her.
0: The book that really I'm focused on today is called "Eyes Are Never Quiet." Uh, it's on Amazon. This is "Eyes Are Never Quiet." Uh, oh. And um, and all the activities are in the back of it, so you oh, can wow. play. Teachers have favorites. Our first book we wrote was called Unwritten, uh, the story of a living system. Um, and this book, um, it it really talks about um, you know uh, schools is not machine. Um, schools as living systems and we sometimes lose the perspective because we're so used to that kind of factory model of schooling where we where we kind of just go through school some kids do it well and we give them nice awards other kids you know we pull out and and, and try to fix and put back on the conveyor belt. It's a very different shift, our first book, and looking at if we pictured it more like a, a system that's alive and, and, and what would that look like in schools and, and how would all kids feel. The other important message is that trauma-responsive schools are good for all kids, not just kids with stress. Um, we're, this stuff, the practices we're talking about are good for all children not just uh, those other kids down the hall or wherever we put them. Uh, and so that's an important message to get to your schools too. This isn't just about those kids. All kids can benefit by this, this kind of work. So uh, that's important too.
1: So you also have your three-day training in New Jersey, which I'm very jealous of because <laughs> we're in Alabama. but. Um, But New Jersey,
2: if we show up, if if two girls with uh, two women with accents show up. Well,
0: you know, we can do you one better this year because we've had to be forced to do it on Zoom. I'll invite you. It's a free training. (laughs) Um, It's free. I've been able to work with uh, a couple of grants um so um so it's it's worked out really well this year it's uh we're kind of excited i mean zoom's not the great i rather do face to face that's the sure. best um but we're gonna have people now all over the globe on this uh on this three-day event so i'll uh, when we're done i certainly will will send you uh in your email an, an invite just go in register and there's two sessions, pick whatever three days worked best for you. If you can join us, that'd be great.
1: Oh, that is exciting. That's what you said for begging, Laura. I'm not Uh, about it.
0: Just ask, I'm I'm sorry. I I didn't even really think about it. I'm sure I would have eventually.
1: So if we, if our listeners want to join, or if they want to do one of these three day trainings, how would they do it? I can put it in the show notes if there's a link or anything like that. Is it,
0: what, what I send you is the link in. Um, okay. We really are looking, um, ideally we're looking for um, educators or at least a couple of them from the same place.
1: Okay. Yeah. You
0: no. Know, um, so, so they can start like, because they're not going to be done. This is kind of uh, designed to kick this off. Uh, this change we recognize is as is, is, is easily a four to six year change. In, in culture, school culture over time. So we want to go slow. We don't want to rush it. It's another, we don't want to make it another hot thing in education that goes away and we get the next thing. Um, so we're interested in, in people that are teachers or anybody that really wants to explore um, this work over time.
2: This has been so informative and I just feel like I want to dig into all these resources and, and I, this has been very, very helpful. And I just can't thank you enough. I think our listeners are going to feel the same.
0: Great. Well, thanks. Hey guys, it was really, thanks for finding me. That's great. And uh, thanks
2: for and if on. you have
0: questions as you're going along, feel free to just shoot me an email or, uh, or anything like that. I'm, um, uh, Uh, I'm really kind of. I guess you can kind of tell I'm a little passionate about the work. We Uh, love it, and uh, it's uh, it's just a nice stage to be in to be able to share back um, all the things that you've been able to learn throughout uh, throughout a career. So it's a in 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 one way uh, really uh, really kind of fun for me to be able to share with as many folks as I can.
1: Well, and it all benefits the students, and it's that's that's what it's all about. And let me just say. Here at the end, I don't claim to be a linguist, but I was expecting a New Jersey accent, and I was going to say that you sounded like a Pennsylvania accent, and you said there you prefer
0: Philadelphia, yeah. Yeah, it's a little different. You're pretty good. Yeah. And I love your guys. <laughs> the way
2: you says America. <laughs> Something about the way you say America.
0: Uh-huh. America. With a little,
2: I would...
0: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it
2: is. It is. We love we love, that's one of our things you know we just love accents you know and and we yeah, play I games so. all the time we have stopped people and said you're from like a it's <laughs> a game cool. of glory. Uh, so yeah anyway. it's really neat uh,
0: you know it is it's very cool uh, as I, I you know as I travel around and do different places in the country now with uh, with teachers face to face it is fun and and I really you know I mean. The, teachers um teachers uh overall really are looking for different things to do they they're i i still uh think the majority of the teachers are 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 are, are people that really want to do what's best for kids um and and uh, and, and and it's a tough job i mean it's yeah. just really hard to do uh and it's getting harder
2: okay. And I think you've given us some things to make it a little easier. So I appreciate that so much. And, and uh, we'll follow your career yes. uh, as, as you go forth and help others. And I hope to see you on some of this training, but thank yeah, you Yeah, definitely
0: will. And I'll, I'll send you that right, at, right now. So nice meeting Great.
1: you guys. Great, Great meeting nice you. Meeting. Thank you.
2: Bye-bye.